That was filmed right over here in Short Hills, by the way, and, uh, or Summit, or, or was it Chatham? No, anyway, uh, um, that is, has a lot of truth to it. We all know that and, uh, uh, in a humorous way in terms of what we expect from our children in terms of productivity, desperate for productivity, being the best. And if it's not academics, we see it in other parts of the country as well as this part of the country in, in, in basketball and in football and sports, uh, whatever it happens to be. Um, this is a tough deal. This is a tough, I, I, this is a tough challenge because you know, I'm, I'm an ambitious person. I believe in ambition. I believe in, in, in instilling ambition in our children. I believe the Bible teaches that. But there's also a line here that we can cross, and, and sometimes we cross that line, and many times as parents we know we've crossed that line. Other times we don't know it, and we just keep pushing, and we just keep pushing. And then to find out sometimes later, sometimes many years later, that um, we went a little too far, did some damage that maybe needs to be undone if, it's, if that's possible. This is huge stuff. Now, again, whenever I talk about a subject like this, uh, aside from the obvious challenge, I also have to deal with people like me who are empty nesters. I also have to deal with some who are single, who never want to get married and never want to have kids. And uh, they're sitting here thinking, oh, I don't care what you got to say about this. But you still need to know. You really do, because you're going to have friends with kids. And uh, I don't care where you are, whether or not you are a parent or ever hope to be, your life will be affected by children and by friends who have children. So, on that note, uh, to try to be inclusive here, I want to move on with this and get you to think along these lines with me. I I love this quote. I use it a lot. Uh, I actually use it probably most every time I talk about children, just because I think it kind of sets the tone. And some of you have seen this before, but uh, see if you can, uh, I don't know how we have this listed, but let's just, yeah, I already got the name for you. Socrates said it this way, children nowadays are tyrants, they contradict their parents, gobble their food, and they tyrannize their teachers. That was what? 399 B.C., I like to use that quote to show you, you know, there aren't really any new challenges to parenthood. You say, well, they don't live in the world that we live in. Well, (laughs) Socrates seemed to have understood it a little bit. You know, there's another great quote that I like from um, King Edward VIII. He was the king that uh, uh, kind of gave up his throne. He said this, the king, this is the early 1900s, the king that, uh, excuse me, the thing that impresses me the most about America is the way parents obey their children. Um, he's, been, he's been walking around here too, hasn't he? Um, a lot of truth to that. When we talk about kids, I don't care how old they get, they're still our kids. We just spent a week down in Birmingham and, and where my son and his family live and, and uh, had a great time being with them. And first thing I wanted to do, what I want to do, I wanted to go see, he's in, he, uh, he has been a, a, in youth ministry for a long time, but he and another guy that had been in his church, they have been working in a company, property development company down along the Gulf Coast, and that's what they're spending all of their time doing now. Still involved in the church, but, but this is what they, how they're spending their life and spending their career at this point in time. I wanted to see, what are you doing? I, want, I, want, I got to figure this stuff out. I, I got to know. Am I trying to invest? No, I just want to know. This is my kid. I want to know what he's doing. 
Why is that? So, you know, we took a trip to Biloxi, and, and which is where they're doing a lot of things, and it's an amazing, I'll tell you, it's an amazing thing, and Biloxi has... As I, and we were driving down, particularly around the water, all I could think of, because I'm a historian, I love to read history, all I could think of, this must have been what the South looked like right after the Civil War. Because just abandoned buildings everywhere, and just big buildings, big malls, shopping centers, just nothing there. Just wiped out. Just clear. The structure is there, nothing there. It's just, just an amazing, amazing thing. And you see all the footage on TV when you see... Up until now, they used to have what they would call offshore gambling, which means you have to be on a big barge, which is really kind of silly. Now they have it onshore after the hurricane. But at that time, they had offshore. So they would have these casinos that were larger than football fields on a barge, three stories high. To see that, having moved from the ocean all the way across the highway, tipped over sideways, is a pretty amazing thing. You're like, whoa, the power of the uh, of the wind and the water and so forth. So anyway, I'm, I'm checking all this out because of the business that they're in and that they're doing. Why am I doing that? For my health? Because I want to see all this? It's my son. Got to check up on him. It's part of the deal. You're going to hear that phrase a lot today. It's just part of the deal. From the time that, they're, that they come out of the womb until the time, until I don't know when, because it's still going on. He's 31. I wrote this, and you've got to listen to it, so this is really good. All right? it's, not on, it's not on the screen, but this is good. We will sacrifice time, money, relationships, go in debt, stay up all night, neglect our mate, go without food, sex, sustenance, drive to the end of the earth and back, sit on bleacher seats for hours that make hemorrhoids feel good, listen to the other people's kids, listen to other people's kids play and sing horribly for hours in order to hear yours for 30 seconds, all because they're my children. We've done it, haven't we? We've all done it. In different forms, in different ways. It's just part of the deal when we have kids. Timothy put it this way, and I'm just an interesting verse. New Testament. For those who don't care for their own relatives, especially those living in the same household, have denied what we believe. Such people are worse than unbelievers. So the Bible's pretty clear about this. This thing of the family, and particularly the nuclear family, that's, that's important stuff. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to uh, I want to show you what I, I'm calling four... Drop dead principles of productivity, okay? Drop dead principles. Now, before I do that, I want to tell you what I'm not going to do because some of you might be, well, what's he going to talk about in this? I want to tell you what I'm not going to do. There, there are some assumptions here. Not, never a safe thing to do, but I'm going to, I have to do it for, I only have so much time and, you know, it's only so long that you'll sit there and so forth. But, um, um, so I'm, I'm going to tell you what I'm not going to do. First thing, some th- just, just think about these. Here's what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to tell you to make sure your kids are good sports. You, you know that. You know that. I'm not going to tell you how to discipline your kids. You know discipline's important. And there might be a time and a place when I need to do that in different ways from the Scripture. I have had some, some talks about that in the past, but I'm not going to do that now. I'm not going to tell you to teach financial responsibility. Of all the places in the world to be, this is a great place to be for that particular area, and I would assume... Hopefully that you're teaching your kids financial responsibility. I'm not going to tell you to teach your kids good manners. 
I see that all the time. A lot of you are just real deliberate. And I, I love that. You know, how you often teach your children how to shake hands. Now, now stop. And, and you know, you, you, people do that here. So I'm not, I'm not going to go into that. Teach, teach them to have good men. I'm not going to tell you to make sure they get in the right preschool, the right elementary school, the right secondary school, or the right college. You're aware of that. Probably more so than most parts of the country that I've been in, at least. We're aware of that more here in a good, positive way. You know, and it's so now. I got an email the other night on my on my trio where I was some as it's, I was with some people, and I got it, and it was from one of the families here who told me so and so their son got into this particular college that he'd been wanting to get into, and I was like, "Whoa, that's great!" They were just one, wanted me to kind of an FYI thing, and I just thought people are aware of that here, and that's good. So I'm not going to talk to you about that. I'm not going to tell you to, to, that you need to know who your kids are hanging with. I think most of you understand that. By the way, we're doing some we're doing some things as a church to try to help with that too. Uh, this may be a little preliminary, okay? Ministry coordinator, she gives me the okay. Got, got my ministry coordinator right here, and she says, yay or nay, that's it, baby, that's it, okay. Uh, can I talk about that just for a second? Um, there's a, there's a, there, there used to be, below us, over there, right behind Winberries, a, a thing called the Cyber Cafe. Okay, it's right there in the main, main ground floor. And uh, through all kinds of rigmarole and r- arrangements and so forth, our executive board said, let's see, because they want the, 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 the landlords of the building, who we have a great relationship with and good friends now, says, you guys want that space. And we started talking about it. Well, I don't know that we need it. And then all of a sudden, Henry and Heather say, hey, we really need a place for kids just to hang out for teens. And they're going to, I don't know what exactly this means, but Henry says we're going to really pimp it out and make it really look nice. <laughs> Is that, talk to Henry about that, okay, whatever that deal is, but uh, it's going to be a nice, it's going to be a nice hang. It does, I don't think that has the same connotation it had when I was younger, but, but we won't go there for now. Anyway, uh, um, it's, and, and one of the purposes is we want to we try to help provide a place for, for teens to hang with people who care about them and who are going to care about their morality and, and their grades and, their, and, and, their, and the fun stuff too. So that's, that's, that's happening. You'll hear more about that in the near future. I'm not going to talk about you know, who your kids are handling. I'm not going to talk about that you should not manipulate and control. If you do that, shame on you. Think about that. I'm not going to talk about that now. I'm not going to talk about that your identity should not be wrapped up in your kids' athletic or academic acumen. I'm not going to tell you it shouldn't be. Sometimes it gets there, doesn't it? But it shouldn't be. And you know that. You don't need me to beat you up on that. I'm not going to ta- talk about how you should love your kids and, and desire for them to do what's best. I'm not going to talk about it. Here's what I'm going to do. These are basic truths that you should know something about. And most of, I th- most of you, I think, do, really. If you need a little remedial work on that area, and that don't, there's no shame in that. See me, and I'll try to hook you up with somebody who, and we have people here, who can help with some of those things. Here's what I want to do. I want to, I want to give you four drop-dead principles of productivity, all right? I mean, these, these, these are the ones that must be taught to our kids. It's not long, not complex. It's very simple. And I'm going to even give you a guarantee. I don't do that often, do I? Often I say there are no guarantees in the Christian life. Do this, and there's no guarantee. Here's my guarantee. I'm not going to guarantee you that if you do all these things, your kid will turn out perfect. That's not my guarantee. Here's my guarantee. If you don't do these four things, you're going to have some very tough years ahead of you. I don't say that in any way but just serious heart of love and care. 
if you don't do these four things, and it's not Rich and Charlene's principles for child rearing, it's very clearly out of the Bible. If you don't do it, I'll, I'll be there for you. But it's, it, we're going ha- to have tough years ahead. I will tell you that. Reverse of that doesn't mean if you do it, everything's going to be great. I'm not saying that. Here they are, four of them, very simple. First thing is work ethic. You've got to teach kids how to work. Sometimes you've got to be creative with this. I'm fortunate. I was raised on a, on a farm. My dad didn't have to find things for me to do. Um, you know, and at 6 o'clock every morning, though, we all didn't have many, but those two or three cows had to be milked. Had to clean out the, had to clean out the, the, the pig pen. And, and I sometimes wonder, and I've asked Dad, and he kind of talks around the issue. I sometimes wonder if we didn't just have some of those, because we didn't make a living. My dad was a salesman. Uh, we just lived on a farm and we had a few animals and we had a few little things that we had to do. And I had a horse and, and of course that was fun, but you got to take care of a horse and all that. I sometimes wonder if he didn't do some of those things just to teach us how to work, you know. Now here, we, you know, you can't really have a cow in your backyard in Summit, okay? Um, you know, there's lots of things you can't do. This is where you guys got to be creative, let me show you the, what, the, what the Bible teaches on this. Colossians 3, work hard and cheerfully at whatever you do, as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. You teach that principle to those children, and I guarantee you, that's going to change their life. It's no longer about the guy i got to report to. It's no longer, oh, Dad, I work for a jerk. Let me tell you something, son. Life is like that, and somewhere along the way, you're going to work for a jerk. And more than likely, two or three. And you're going to have to learn how to deal with that. The issue is, am I going to do my work as, the, as unto God? Not just the person. The Bible is clear about that. Is your accountability goes much, much beyond, much farther, much beyond that. that. That person you're supposed to... It's true in every area of life. How many times have you watched, have you watched sports of any, of any sport? And they talk about an athlete. And they'll say... Oh, he's a great player. He doesn't work very hard, man. What do they talk about? They, he works hard at what he does. Michael Jordan, what did he do? Just I've read everywhere from 50 to 100 foul shots in a row, you know, just to, just to work, 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 work. You know, and whether you're talking about that with your, in, in career and whether you're talking about that in finance or whatever it happens to be, the work ethic is key. We have to figure out ways to teach our children they got to work. Now, I wanna, I wanna, I'll be honest, it's not always easy to do, but in the particular area that we live, and, and, and particularly when we're blessed materially, that we can hire people to do whatever it is that needs to get done and around the home. But you've got to do this. You've got to do this. They've got to understand you've got to work. And you've got to have the right attitude about work. It's not just about pleasing me. Ultimately, this is to God. It's a huge issue. It's one that's being neglected a lot. Second drop-dead principle you've got to have, individual gifting. You say, what does that mean? In just a moment, I want to show you a verse from the Bible that has been unfortunately maligned, wrong interpretations in many cases, translations um, have uh, kind of messed it up. So I'm going to show it to you first. And what I believe is the most accurate to the Hebrew um, and it's in the Amplified Bible. And I'm going to talk about it for a moment. But let me show you. This is in Proverbs 22, verse 6. 
train up a child in the way he should go. And in keeping with his individual gift or bent. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Traditionally, you may know this, you may not know this, doesn't matter. Traditionally, churches, particularly in some of this background that I, that I came from theologically, would translate this verse from the original, and they, they said, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it, which is King James or New American Standard. And, and that's it's accurate in terms of, of the wording, but here's what people would take that train up on a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. And they would think, that means spiritual. I've got to train him up in the way he should go, and when he's old, he's not going to depart from it. Well, the problem with that is theologically and practically, that's just not true. So does that mean if I train up a, a kid in the way he should go, he's never going to depart from, from the ways of God? Well, we all know that's not true. We all know some very good parents. I saw one this last week who I love and I've known him for 30 years. One of his words, first words to me, I guess you know about Neil. And I said, no. And he said, he's in jail again, third time. These are, great, these are good people, folks. These aren't people that were, you know, left over from the 60s or whatever. These were good people in terms of how they trained their kids, in terms of their love for God, in terms of love and and care for their parents. And if anybody trained up their child in the way that it should go in terms of, of godliness and the church and the Bible, they did. So that's not what this verse is saying. That would be a guarantee that would be the opposite of everything the Bible teaches. So what the, what the verse is really teaching, that's why the Amplified Bible is so good, and there's other Bibles that do it as well. Train up in the... He's not talking about necessarily spiritual. He's talking about individual gifting. Train up a child in the way he should go, in keeping with his individual gift. If he's an artist, let him be an artist. Okay? If he's technical, let them be technical. Do you want to well-round them? Sure. Get them rounded off? and Sure. But, but dads... Dang it, listen to me. If he's not the ball player that you want and he's really in touch with the artistic side of life, let him be an artist. Who says he has to be a ball player? That's the point here. And if, and if they're not in this area, if they're not made for finance, what are they made for? Figure that out. Help them figure that out and push that along. That's what the scriptures are teaching here. Don't try to bend your life into your kid's life. Don't try to live it out through him. How many times have we seen that? My kid's going to be a, the best linebacker there is, man. You know, he's going to be a linebacker. Well, what, well, I don't care. He's going to be a linebacker. I mean, this is huge. And then a guy, a guy has, a, has, a, has, a, has a son that just really loves the arts, and most of us around here are sophisticated enough to, to appreciate that and, 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 and push them on. But many people still have a, have a struggle with that. Many times it's with girls. I want them to do this. And, and all of a sudden, they're, they're bent not that way. And how many times have we seen movies or read books or seen TV shows where finally, you know, the kid grows up and says, Dad, just let me be who I am. That's exactly what Proverbs says. Individual gifting. One of the four drop-dead principles of productivity from the Bible is individual gifting. Respect it. Encourage it. And help them to move in that direction. So they don't have to be what you think they should be. 
That's a huge issue and so subtle. And, I, and, I, and I'm so sympathetic, dads and moms, on this issue because all of us have hopes and dreams and our kids come along and we think maybe they're going to do this. And, and then they have, a different, they have a different view and they have a different way that they want to go. And, and sometimes we just, we, we're so hard to accept that. And then we start, you start, that rub starts and it, it, it becomes very damaging. It can become very manipulative and is not honoring to God at all. Third drop-dead principle that I want you to see. Work ethic, individual gifting, authenticity. This is so huge, particularly in the areas of, the, of quote-unquote, the church. Because this is, this is just huge. I've used this passage many times in talking about children and families, but I'm going to use it again because I think it, I think it best depicts the consistency that, that the scriptures and that God wants us to have in our homes. That, that, that I remember as a young man, I, I could never understand as a young boy, uh, and I was raised in church since I was about two weeks old, and so I've seen a lot of things. And, and, and I remember seeing families that just looked so perfect, and yet I would see things at school that just didn't match up and couldn't quite figure all that out and begin to figure out at a fairly young age, well, they're not exactly what they say they are. They talk and they look one way at church, and then, by golly, they get out other places and they're just totally different. They're not authentic. The Scripture deals with that. We all know people like that. Let me show you what the Scriptures teach about this. It's from the Old Testament, Deuteronomy. He says, love God, love, love, love your God, love your God with, all your, whole, with your whole heart. Love Him with all that's in you. Love Him with all you've got. Write these commandments that I've given you today on your hearts. Get them inside of you and then get them inside your children. Talk about them wherever you go, sitting at home or walking in the street. Talk about them from the time you get up in the morning to when you fall into bed at night. Tie them on your hands and your foreheads as a reminder. Inscribe them on the doorpost of your homes and on your city gates. Now, he's not saying do God talk all day long, okay? What he's talking about is just the principles of life and how they, in some cases, just fit together perfectly with the principles of life and the principles of God and the principles of Scripture and how sometimes things don't make sense. Be honest about that. Talk about them. Be who you are. Live what you talk is what he's saying. He said, let it just be a part of your life. Let it be authentic. Let it be you. Be the real you in light of, what's, you know, of, of the, the principles of God here. He says, you know, write them, in, write them, I've given you, write them in your heart. Oh, Dad, I really messed up today at school. I didn't do what I should have done. I did this and I said this and I let a few words fly. You should be able to do that in your home. Can your your child come home and your teenager come home and say, Boy, I had our time today. Well, what happened? Well, I told so-and-so to blankety-blankety-blankety-blank. Really? I want to tell you something. You need that kind of authenticity in your home. You say, my kid shouldn't talk in front of me like that. Your kid should be who he is in front of you. Then you can talk about it. You see, that, that's, that's, a, that's a real problem. If, if son or daughter thinks, I can't talk about this in front of my dad or in front of my mom, they're going to talk about it somewhere, and I would rather them talk to me about it and find acceptance and find love, but, but, but correction from what God says. That's what he's saying. He says, be authentic. You know, the most important lesson your children learn is watching you and all this stuff. Let me, I, I've said this a number of times, and I, I, I'm at a place in life where I can say this with some authority. 
Trust me on this, okay? Parents, what they see shouts at them much more than what they hear. And to this day, I'm 55, and I, I shudder sometimes, particularly my son, who now I have a great relationship with, and my daughter... 20, uh, 26 and 31, and they'll say, yeah, I remember that. And I'm like, you remember what? I remember how you did this. Or I said, I never said anything. I, well, you didn't say anything, Dan. We were just watching you. And I'm going, oh, <laughs> what else did they see? <laughs> they're watching. For a long time, they're watching. That's why authenticity has got to be there. You got a problem in a certain area? Don't try to hide that. That doesn't mean you've got to dump everything out in, out in the open and say blah, 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 but, but don't try to hide that. You know, authenticity is key. And I'll tell you what, kids at any age will respect that. If we start hiding and we start covering up and we start renaming stuff, that's when we get into trouble. And that's going to cause problems in their lives. Because look, I've got to hide, I've got to cover up. It just creates such an issue. You're never going to get anywhere. Without authenticity. Fourth thing. Work ethic, individual gifting, authenticity. Fourth thing. Ultimate accountability. Ultimate accountability. You've got to teach. You've got to teach. Honey, son, daughter, it's not just about me and your mother. But there's also a God in heaven. And you have to answer to him too. And I'm trying to teach you how to respond to me because more important than me, you also have to respond to God. That's the thing when we don't teach children that they, they, they have to answer to someone. It, it's like they can just do their own deal. They can't. They think they can, but they can't. Let me show you. Ecclesiastes makes it the clearest, I think. Solomon in his words put it this way. Here is my final conclusion <laughs> after all I've been through. Fear God, revere God, have reverence for God, and obey His commands. This is the duty of every person. God will judge us for everything we do, including everything in secret, whether good or bad. The one thing, the one thing that every individual must know and remember is that you will give an account for your life and how you lived it. Now, I, I can't stop with, there without saying, thank God there's grace. And if there's been some mistakes, thank God he's given us grace. But that doesn't negate the fact that we still have to live our lives understanding we have ultimate accountability. Have to answer to God. I have to answer to God for what I do. You say, well, sure, you're a minister. You have to do that. You're a pastor. You do too. We all do. Whatever we do. How we deal with people. I mean, you know, think about this. Some of you finance guys. How would you like to answer to God? If you're one of those guys, I was in Birmingham. It's all the whole South Trust thing and, and, and went by the church. It's a whole mess. Anyway, where he, he what's his name, uh, uh, Scrushy, he goes to the church that, that I used to be the pastor of and that sold to another group. And, these, and this guy, Jim, is the pastor, and he kind of was with Scrushy through it. Anyway. I'm not going to get into all that right now because you, most of us here have a pretty low opinion of what happened with the whole South Trust thing and feel like that was just really a, a travesty of justice. But how would you like to be in one of those situations, whether it be the Scrooge deal or whether it be Enron or whether it be WorldCom or whether it be, uh, you know, whatever, 
How would you like to be the person or one of the people, and there's more than one, who has to answer for what happened to all these people's retirements, investments, livelihood, to the judge? You know, these people, these people have nothing now because of some decisions that you made. Well, I got a bigger one than that. Those same people have to answer to God. Now, finance guy, tomorrow when you're doing a deal, think about that. I'm not only going to answer to my client, but I'm going to answer to God for this. I'll make sure I do the right thing. doesn't mean I've got to be perfect. It means I've got to have the right motive. It means I've got to do what's, what I think is best. It means I can't be thinking in some selfish, self-dominating, narcissistic manner. If we take that, that, that thought into every area of our lives and teach that to our kids, is remember, look, look, ultimately, you're responsible to God. Right now, God has given me, your, your dad, your mom, on this earth, you've got to answer to me too, but you've still got to answer to God. And you need to understand that. Children need desperately to understand that. So they know there is, a, there is an answer. There is somebody I have to answer. I can get around dad. I can get around mom. I can lie. I can cover up. I can tell them the truth. They won't care. But there's still God. And that's the issue here. So when we talk about productivity, we talk about kids, you say, do your best. Why do you want me to do your best? Well, because you're, you're a teeter. You should do your best. That's what we do. That's great. But you know what? That goes so far. You do your best because you have a higher calling, whoever you are, whatever you're doing, and that's to God Almighty. Four things. If you don't teach them, we're going to have some trouble. Work ethic, individual gifting, authenticity, and ultimate accountability. Will that produce productive kids who will give us good grades and be great in sports? Maybe, maybe not. More importantly, it will give them the attitude and the heart that they need to succeed, not just in life, not just in business, but with families and with their God. Let's pray together. Father, we're thankful for these truths. We're thankful for your love and grace. And God, I can't, I can't close this prayer without thanking you for the mercy and grace that you give all of us when we, when we don't do this when we screw up as moms and dads. Help us to strive for this, God, but we thank you for the forgiveness that's there for us when we don't measure up. Thank you, God, for your grace that comes through Jesus. And Lord, we know that without, without Jesus, we can't do any of this because it takes a relationship with God Almighty and you make that possible through Jesus who came and lived and suffered and died and rose again to give us eternal and abundant life and a power, internal power, uh, in terms of our relationship with you. We thank you for that. We thank you for your grace and your love in every way. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.